Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Willard and Diz. Take it away, Mark. Ah, thanks, Steph, and uh, good luck tonight. Big game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't miss a minute of it with the pregame show with JD right here at 6 o'clock on 95.7 The Game. Coming up in an hour, we'll talk to Eric Hasseltine, Memphis Grizzlies play-by-play. We'll take a quick look at the Grizzlies and Warriors. It is a big NBA regular season game if there is such a thing, Kyle. We'll get into that coming up here at 11 o'clock, but right now... We're going to visit our good friend Cam Inman of the Bay Area News Group. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Cam, how's your championship week going, my friend? Well, it's pretty good. I just got to Levi Stadium, and, and the uh, the grass is still on the field. It's, the Niners aren't playing any more games here, but they're still playing a game on Sunday in Philly, so... They got that going for them. What's the future of Levi Stadium and that field? Because I know they just replaced the turf about a month ago. Do they got monster trucks coming? Is there soccer? Do you know what's up next for Levi's? I believe Taylor Swift is coming uh, for training camp. Oh, I yeah. think um, there's a couple other concerts. Um, there's, I mean, this place. Does, it was funny because a guy was just. I was walking through the corridors here, and a guy was wrapping up some of uh, the sodas that weren't bought from the last game. I said. Are those going away for a long winter's nap? And then I go, actually, no, because they have a lot of events here. That's why this is kind of a cash cow for the York family. And they're able to afford all these expensive players that got them uh, to the stone throw of the Super Bowl again. Cam, thanks uh, thanks so much for hopping on. Let's, uh, let's chat about Charles Omenahu, who was arrested um, for a misdemeanor domestic violence. Uh, is, is there any indication how the Niners are going to proceed with this outside of their fact-finding mission? Well, that's what we're going to find out here in the next probably hour and a half or so once uh, Kyle Shanahan addresses it for the first time. And, you know, when I found out yesterday morning uh, while we were working on that story that Omena who had been arrested Monday night on a misdemeanor domestic violence charge, obviously it's, it's a really delicate situation, um, an understandably touchy subject that, you know, the Niners have had to navigate in the past. Um, we don't know the details of it. We don't know what Charles, uh, what, what he has to say on the matter. So hopefully we get a chance to talk to him today too. But so, you know, if you're Kyle Shanahan, what, what do you want him to say? Um, what can he say, uh, in this situation? And, you know, compounding it is Charles got hurt in the first quarter of the game Sunday against Dallas. He hurt his oblique 
And so he probably would have been limited in practice this week. So, I mean, if they want to say that his status is to be determined, that could be the case, you know, on multiple fronts, whether it's from a discipline standpoint or whether it's from a physical standpoint of his own body, which, you know, by, by having to go to jail and get bailed out, that took time away from his recovery. And obviously I don't want to minimize uh, the, the alleged victim in this either. So um, it, it's not a great look. It's a really bad situation for what, what should be the biggest week of everybody's lives here at Levi Stadium. Does the fact that it was a misdemeanor charge as opposed to a felony charge change the way that the team will and should go about disciplining Charles Amenehu? Well, I, if it was a felony charge, that would have meant she had uh, visible injuries, right? And I, w- I would think so. It's just uh, that you could, you could, there would probably be a much more uh, severe discipline forthcoming. So right now, I think it's kind of a, a two be determined. That's why I'm, I'm really curious to see how the Niners handle this and. Um, you know, for the last, what, five years or so, they've avoided off-field issues. There were so many of them for about, God, I don't even want to, I guess maybe about eight years where they had so many guys getting arrested for various deeds. And Reuben Foster was the last one. I remember just being in the courtroom with him because he was a, a, arrested for a domestic violence situation that really spun out of control and uh, earned his release off this team. And the Niners, you know, they they brought in I want to say high character guys, but we really don't know them. And I, and Omena, who let me just you know speak on him because I don't know him very well. He he came to the team midway through the 2021 season. He's always been very nice and accommodating to us in the locker room. Um, in, in terms of giving us uh, insight on the field about techniques, about strategy, um, he can be a good quote. And, and he's the kind of guy who would end an interview just you know respectfully say, I appreciate you. Not that he was kissing up to us, but he was was very sincere, that he knew that the NFL was a privilege to play in, um, that he didn't take it for granted. And so I'm sure this has shaken him to his core because, you know, he's entering a contract year, or this is his contract year. He's got to hit free agency in two months, um, and he was hoping to cash in on on a great year. He's very versatile, had four and a half sacks in the regular season, but he had the two sacks against Seattle in the playoff opener, so um, I, it's just it's a strange situation, I guess. If the 49ers do decide to sit him out of the NFC Championship game, is it as easy as just dropping Drake Jackson into his spot, or does somebody else have to step up? I, I think the nice thing about the Niners' defensive front is that they have such a great rotation, right? And it's it's not <laughs> incumbent on one guy other than Nick Bosa to dominate. Uh, they, they can shuffle so many different guys through there, Drake Jackson's a different player than Omenahu because Omenahu showed versatility this year where he would come in and he could play defensive end in place of Samson Edbacom, maybe in place of Bosa, rarely. Um, and, but then on third downs, uh, Omenahu would line up over the guard on the interior, kind of the Arden Key role from last season that worked out so well where the Niners have you know, three or four really good pass rushers across the board rather than you know a beefy interior guy that's clogging clogging up holes and, and letting Fred Warner come in. Um, I, and Drake Jackson's not that guy. He's more the outside rusher who's got incredible athleticism and length, and he's been a healthy scratch for the last five games. I, I don't think it's anything detrimental to what Drake's had in his rookie, rookie season, just that other guys offered more versatility or, or could do more in special teams. So if Drake Jackson can you know suit up, that's great. He can help fill those pass rushing roles, and then some of the other interior guys are just going to have to uh, do more on their end. Cam Inman here on 95-7 The Game. As we turn from Amenahu to the injury report, any deep concern 
over any of the injured 49ers who came up a little bit gimpy, most particularly Christian McCaffrey, who seemed to be nursing a bit of a calf on Sunday. That, that's where my eyes will be at practice today, just to see what he's, if, if he's going to be doing anything. Um, I'd imagine that he might, you know, Christian, he came into the Niners with this injury history from Carolina, right? We said, oh, he's an injury risk. But I will tell you what, the guy has not missed a game. He's played so much, and you can tell he really wants to be on the field and do as much as he can to win. Um, and that's, that's, you know, fits this team's motto. Everybody right now, there's this urgency to win a championship. And he, so how do they manage him on the field? I'm guessing that they'll, they'll take it easy with him during practice, let him test out his calf maybe, see how he does in some individual conditioning. Um, tomorrow's really usually their big practice day did. Their Thursday session is kind of their more extensive day. Today's more of like, let's get back on the field, loosen things up, and then Thursday's a big practice day. Friday they can work on some red zone and, and uh, game plan specific stuff. Um, and then they fly out Friday afternoon to Philly. Cam, I want to I want to turn the clock back real quick to Sunday night because I, I watched Philly's celebration after they beat the Giants, and it looked mm. a little bit like they'd just won the Super Bowl. Was the <laughs> Niners' locker room was that the the vibe that you caught after their win over Dallas? I think it may have been like you know a couple years ago when when they've kind of like reached that over when the NFC Championship game. Right now, I think everybody on this team knows there's unfinished business. Not just from last year, but even from the 2019 Super Bowl year. So it's like, yeah, this was great and all, um, but they got they have. They, see, a lot of people thought it was a great win Sunday. I didn't think it was a great win. I thought it was a warranted win. I thought they were a way better team than the Cowboys. I don't think they played great on any aspect of their team. Um, they're going to have to play great in Philly in every aspect. So, um, and you know, they went to Philly last season. Okay, in week two, a lot has changed since then. A lot of quarterbacks have come and gone. Um, but they led 17-3 to in that game. It was Nick Sirianni's first home game as the Eagles coach. Jalen Hurts was doing pretty well, but he didn't wow me a lot. I mean, he, he kind of engineered this, this last gas touchdown drive that made the score respectable. Um, but the Niners did a really good job that game. But Brandon Graham, the Eagles defensive lineman, he got hurt in that game. Um, and now he's back from that Achilles, and he's one of those guys that really appreciates and can celebrate like they did, you know, Saturday by making it to that stage because that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, obviously, it's something that Green Bay failed to do last year as the number one seed when they lost to the Niners. Cam, one more before we let you go. In five different 49ers members of the organization, finalists for NFL honors, Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa, Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans, and Christian McCaffrey, in their various categories, who's the most likely to win their award? Come on, you know the answer to that. Who's the second most likely to win their award behind <laughs> Nick Bosa, Cam? <laughs> Thank you very I tried much. to give that's you a softball, and, and you <laughs> took it, so now you get the hard that's, question, Cam. That, that's good knowledge, Div. That's Thank good you, knowledge. You've been paying attention this season. I like it. Yes, so Nick Bosa will win DPOI. We all pretty much think so. But who's the second most likely to win, Cam, if anyone? Uh, you know what? I... Okay, here's where it's going to be interesting because I think it's a it's going to be Shanahan versus versus Brian Dable for East Coast versus West Coast bias, right? For coach of the I year, think, yeah, yes, for coach of the year because I think the the voters will re- recognize that Kyle Shanahan um, kept this team on, on the path to the playoffs with the third string rookie quarterback that was Mr. Irrelevant, who obviously played great, 
Uh, it's just an incredible coaching feat, right? It should not be minimized at all because he had a championship-caliber roster that he and John Lynch built. I mean, Dable, credit to him, they, they made it to the playoffs. Uh, they did not win in the playoffs. They were the third-best team in their division. So, um, And then Doug Peterson obviously kind of resurrected the Jags, but they're out too. So I, I think Shanahan deserves it. Um, you could look at the uh, – McCaffrey is just a great story. I think he deserves it more than Geno Smith. But then, again, you got East Coast, West Coast. Sa- Saquon Barkley is also up for comeback player of the year. I'd imagine he wins it just because McCaffrey didn't even make the Pro Bowl. So there's some kind of um, you know stigma about him that I think voters have. So I, I wouldn't expect him to win that. Um, what else do we got? Uh, Assistant Coach of the Year, uh, D'Amico versus yeah, Ben D'Amico. Johnson so of the Demi- Lions. Yeah, it's D'Amico versus two offensive coordinators, including the one he's going to go against. Um, D'Amico's the one who's up for all these head coaching jobs. D'Amico should win it. Um, I don't know when we start celebrating the Assistant Coach of the Year awards, but uh, that's the way the NFL is. And yeah, it's the Acoy. I, th- I think Sunday should decide it. I think whoever totally. wins Sunday between uh, <laughs> Shane Steichen and D'Amico oh. Ryan should should win the award. That's my thought. And you know what? Then I will write a story on that, and I will win an award for the quickest person to write a story on who won the assistant coach of the year. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so we could work together. Yeah. All that, uh, all that answer without actually answering the question. Cam Inman, he, he's a veteran of many an interview. Sports Talk Radio at its finest. You're the best, Cam. Thank you so much. Uh, fly safe to Philadelphia, and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right, love you guys. Thanks much. Thanks, love you Cam. more, Cam. Cam Inman, there he is, and. Uh, Touched on the five categories, Kyle. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brock Purdy against Garrett Wilson of the Jets. Kenneth Walker the third of the Seahawks. I don't think Brock Purdy's got much of a chance in it's that a quarterback category. award. It Offensive Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Normally, you need to play more than seven games, though, that's, to get yeah. consideration. DPOY, it's Bosa, Micah Parsons, and Chris Jones of the Chiefs. I don't know if it's a slam dunk. But it's at least an uncontested layup for Nick Bosa, I think. Yeah, if you look at odds, and that's usually a good yeah. indicator here, I think the last time I saw it, it was Bosa was minus 1,100. And they took to off the board it. in many places. <laughs> yeah. You can't and, bet it. And Micah Parsons is plus 600. That's if it even is on the board. Coach so. of the year, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dable, the Giants, your favorite, Doug Peterson of the Jags. I think that the sentiment is that it's Brian Dable's award here. Yeah, I, when, even though Kyle Shanahan probably deserves it for having a third-string quarterback and doing what he did. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think, Thank I think, you, Cam. I think voters are going to look at the Niners roster and look at the Giants roster, which is an abomination, and they're going to go, wow, the, Brian Dable got that team to the playoffs. I think it's it's Dable's to lose. Assistant Coach of the Year, or the ACOY, as we all know uh, the acronym. Of course. D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico is the, the candidate that's going to win this one. Ben Johnson, the Lions OC. Great year for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Not a playoff team. Shane Steichen, you mentioned. Eagles offensive coordinator. He's got a great chance, but to me, it's D'Amico Ryans, D.C., of the best defense in football. And almost like a Lifetime Achievement Award kind of thing. Just for what he did last year, what he did this year. It, all we ever talk about is offense. Everything about this league is offense. And D'Amico Ryans has figured out a way with different personnel and in different ways to, to stop these offenses. I, he's just he's so good at what he does. There are so many really good offensive coordinators. There's not that many great defensive coordinators, and he is one. Yeah, he's absolutely a head coaching candidate, a strong one, and a great DC. Uh, CBPOI, the CB Poi, which is comeback player of the year. <laughs> McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith. I don't think he has any chance here. 
for me, it's Geno Smith. But Barkley coming back from the injury, those two, are. it's going to be a close vote. And McCaffrey's a distant third. So it can be coming back from just not being very good. Right, exactly. Huh. Comeback player of the year. I mean, what's your comeback from? It could be coming back from substance abuse or injury or just not being that good. It's a comeback. So you think Geno Smith didn't write back because he was coming back? Right. I think that's what it was. And they should rename this award to the Alex Smith Award for the single greatest comeback maybe in sports history from a guy who not only might have lost his leg, he might have died. Yep. Based on the infection level that he had, and to even make it back on the field at all, to me is one of the great comebacks we've ever seen. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. What do you think of this Eagle matchup? We're getting closer to Sunday. Kyle's in for Mark Willard today. Mark will be back in tomorrow here on ninety five seven. The game top of the hour. We'll talk Warriors with Eric Hasseltine of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's their play by play announcer, friend of the program, Doctor Brian Feely. At 11.30, what's the deal with Jalen Hurts and his shoulder? And Patrick Mahomes, Kyle, can he play on that high ankle sprain? I know that you saw a little bit of news that came out uh, earlier this hour. Yeah, Andy Reid said not only is Patrick Mahomes practicing, but Andy Reid expects him to be a full participant. Like He's not expecting him to take anything off. He's going to do individual drills. He's going to do team drills. Patrick Mahomes is going to do everything with a high ankle sprain. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that's beyond is. crazy. And I was saying to Mark yesterday about the nature of the high ankle sprain. It's kind of an umbrella term. We don't know exactly how severe the high ankle sprain was, and we never know how an ankle is going to respond to treatment in the days following the injury. And it's still a long run-up until Sunday. If he had a classic high ankle sprain with the ligament damage, you know, because normally it's torn ligaments which lead Mm -hmm. to that sprain. And, you know, one thing I've learned from all the doctors I've talked to, not only Dr. Feely, but Dr. Narav Pandya and all the doctors who I've been lucky enough to consult with in my long career on radio, is uh, ligaments get sprained, muscles get strained. So when you talk about a sprained ankle, it's really the ligaments in and around the ankle that are either stretched, partially torn, or completely torn. That's what leads you to have an ankle sprain. And so when you deal with the high ankle, it's the area obviously above the knob and the ankle connecting to the leg. And depending the severity of the, the tear, how much of the fibrous tissue has been torn will determine just how severe that ankle sprain is. Well, remember Trent Williams had a high ankle sprain late last year right? and played on it. In the playoffs. And go watch Trent Williams move around in the NFC Championship game. You can tell he's just not right. And so for Patrick Mahomes to play, it's like, wow, that's pretty incredible. How effective can he be? Though? Right. Is it just Patrick Mahomes, who's a statue in the pocket, and he can't... He can't. I, I'm, I don't know if it's his right or left angle, ankle, but he either can't plant or he can't push off properly. It's his right ankle. So, yeah. So he's not going to be able to push off properly. Exactly. And I wonder how it affects him in terms of getting the snap, mm-hmm. and being able to, to drop back to pass because that ultimately is the anchor foot. So like you're saying, when you hit that back step in your progression and you got to plant your right foot and drive off it, step forward with the left and deliver the football, that's where we're going to really see. I don't think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes out running around, underhand throws, backhand flips. Andy Reid's going to scheme it up if he plays to keep him in the pocket a lot more. And that's where... I kind of think Mahomes' ability to throw from weird arm angles and just get the ball to his receivers in different ways is actually going to be helpful here. 
because he doesn't need to have that traditional like set on two feet, push off the back, push off that right leg and throw to get to get enough juice on the football to get it to where it needs to go. So I think they're going to get a little bit creative, but it's not going to be a ton of Patrick Mahomes running around. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. We're taking your calls and also your texts on the Xfinity Mobile text line. If you've got any thoughts on the game coming up on Sunday with the Eagles hosting the 49ers, twelve o'clock from Philadelphia from the nine two five, the comeback from mediocrity award just seems silly. That's from Rob, and we appreciate you putting your name on it, Rob. And that's kind of what Kyle was saying. Just uh, you weren't very good, and now you're good, so you get comeback player of the year. It feels like this should be reserved for players, especially in football. You come back from injury, which is a lot of these guys, and then you have a good year. That, to me, I'm with you. The award should be reserved for those people. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill won it in 2019. Tannehan. Tannehan, Ryan Tannehan. Won it in 2019, and he played 11 games in 2018. And he had he got benched for Brock Osweiler in that year. He basically got CBPOY because it was like, yeah, you weren't very nice. good. You weren't very good in Miami, but you were really good in your first year with Tennessee. So here's this award. That's kind of what Geno Smith like. He came back from just not getting a ton of opportunities, right? And, and not being very got, good. Exactly. Yeah. He gets an opportunity in a new system, and he gets the keys to Seattle, and he led him on a great year. Led him to the playoffs, and that's that's a nice comeback, but. I'm with you. Comeback player of the year should be reserved for people who come back from injury. It's the there needs to be a separate like actually this guy doesn't stink award. Exactly. exactly. Actually this guy doesn't stink of the it's year. It's called most improved, which is you there know you what we always and when I coached a lot of high school sports, I would always give out MVP, MIP, most improved, of course. and uh, the coach's award, which was most inspirational. So you give MVP to your best player usually. You give most improved to the player who stunk and then actually turned out to be halfway decent. Mm-hmm. And then you gave out the coach's award or the most inspirational to the player who wasn't very good but tried like heck all year and had a great attitude. That's me. Well, that was always me, too, by yeah, the way. shout out. I could show you all my awards from basketball camp from the likes of Steve Lavin, who gave me Mr. Scrapper Award, which was the same kind of award where, uh, yeah, Steve Lavin was my coach at Pirate Basketball Camp, and, you know, I got an award as Mr. Scrapper. Basically, Mr. Scrapper. you stink, but you try real hard, and you were fun having around, so. I won a Carlton Fisk Award one time on a travel baseball team I was on, and the explanation for it was like, <laughs> yeah, you played a lot of games, it was like you were you were you were really good at this. It's like man, you were just around. We just couldn't get rid of you. Uh, that's the hilarious. only uh, award I ever won was in Pinewood Derby. Shout out Boy Scouts. I had the best looking car. Got dead last in the race. But uh, it looked cool at least. <laughs> I would. That's the award I want to win in the Pinewood Derby, though. Yeah. Like, dude, your car looked sick. The Italian's not known for uh, too many vehicles. The Ferrari, of course, and the Lamborghini, obviously, and the Lamborghini. Yes. Yeah, but in the Pinewood Derby is more about. Uh, you know, gas mileage and economy. All style, no substance. Thank you. You probably had a souped-up uh, car in the Pinewood Derby. <laughs> Joe rolled out a Hot Wheels of a Lambo. <laughs> Italian flag colors. Oh, I love it. I would love to see that vehicle. 888 is the phone number. We're open until 11 o'clock. Eric Hasseltine will join us at the top of the hour. We will get into a little bit of dubs. Grizzlies, I want to get your thoughts, Kyle, on where you see this Golden State Warriors team in terms of you know, not only this game, because I was saying to the guys in the changeover, I can't bet the Warriors. I don't know who this Warriors team is. Nobody knows night to night. Now, you would figure they will be motivated against Memphis, a team that is their rival and a team that gets under their skin. 
but you can't really trust this Warriors team. No. They couldn't beat a KD-less Nets team. Right. And they blew a couple of big double-digit leads. And at what point in the calendar do we stop saying, eh, it's only X? Right. Like, when you're in danger of, like, hey, there's a very real possibility that they wind up in the play-in tournament, like, that's bad. Yeah. At some point, you need to start stacking wins. And Draymond Green said weeks ago, hey, we told the young guys, this is the part where we start stacking wins. We turn it on now. Switch. Switch is going to flip. Switch the flip. it hasn't. It hasn't. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get into that as we get closer to Eric Hassel time. But we got open phones for you in the next segment. 888-957-9570. It's the same number for the Xfinity Mobile text line. 888-957-9570. What are people feeling about this Philadelphia game? Kyle and I are cautiously pessimistic about the Niners' chances. I want to have somebody out there convince me. Tell me why the Niners should go in and feel really confident going up against Philadelphia. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com to apply today. It's Willard and Dibbs. Kyle is in for Mark. Mark back tomorrow. Come on back with us. 888-957-9570. Your phone calls next on 95.7 The Game. Take it away, Mark. I'm Mark out today. Dan in. Kyle in for Mark. Mark Willard will be back tomorrow. And uh, Mark Willard's uh, living the dream life right now. Work a day, I take a day. Work a day, take a day. And I'm giving Mark a hard time. Mark will be back in tomorrow. He's dealing with uh, some of the some of the problems you have, Kyle, when you have these little kids. They get sick, and uh, you got to deal with it, you know? No, totally. As a father of two cats. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I know oh boy. Exa- <laughs> exactly it's, what it's uh, like. No, you don't tell up. me. It's Patrick Willis. That's one. And uh, Brock Purdy. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I know this one. Buster Pawsey. No, I'm not. A t- <laughs> no. No. Oh, wait. I know this. Patrick uh, Willis. And uh, it's another pun. It's another pun. <laughs> Brandon Belt. 
<laughs> that would be funny. And here's my Thank one you. cap, Brandon Bell. Uh, no, uh, Steph Purry. Steph Purry. I knew it was Purry. I thought it was it's, Brock Purry. It's always Purry! A, maybe you can rename it if Curry is in the bad game. <laughs> it's always it's always a like fun idea to name your cat Patrick Willis because he retired like two days before I got my cats, and I adopted, and they had names. I was like, those are stupid names. They're not keeping those names. I'm going to name them Steph Purry and Catrick Willis. Right. And it's going to be great. And it's, it's great. It's going to be great. It's great. Right up until you have to tell the vet what their names are. Because the vet goes, okay, yeah, you need them for a checkup. What's their name? Whiskers, buttons, <laughs> and mittens. Like, um, Steph, Steph, Steph and Purry. Steph and Purry. <laughs> names. <laughs> Security. <laughs> he thought our name was bad. Come on. Seriously. <laughs> so so I go so I go now they're just Steph and Cat. So I look like the uh, least Willis. I, le- I mean, you know. I look like the least creative cat owner of all time. I'm like, this is yeah. Stefan and this is Cat. Yeah, I mean, naming pets is always tough. You got to go one or two ways. You can either go with like a human name. Ah, this is Fred. Or you go with, you know, something completely random. Ah, this is Lunch Pail or whatever. (laughs) The human name is undeniably the funniest thing. Yeah. When people are like, hey, here's my cat, Greg. Like, hilarious. That's pretty funny. Yeah. We let, uh, back in the uh, the day, we let uh, Quest name the cat. Quest wanted a dog. I denied him forever. He still holds it against me. He's now 21. But when he was about, I guess, 12 or 13, he had a cat, and he named it Clifford after the big red dog. Hilarious. It's a black cat. That's a great That's a great bit. Great bit of irony. So he goes by Cliff, a.k.a. Cliffy, the goat. He's the goat Shut of cats. But right. anyway, uh, Mark Willard back in tomorrow. 888 Your chance to weigh in on Niners-Eagles. Before we go to the phones... I want to ask you, Kyle, about last year's game between the Niners and the Philadelphia Eagles. It was week two when these two teams tangled, and it was one of those games where the 49ers didn't look great on offense, but they did enough to beat Philadelphia. 17-11, to your final score. Niners rushed for 117 yards on 38 carries. Not a huge number of yards, but... They were able to control the ball, 35 minutes, T.O.P., time of possession. Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, that Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 of 30, buck 89, one touchdown, no picks. The team, I don't believe, turned it over at all in that game. Yeah, no turnovers either way. Is this the sort of blueprint that the Niners need to execute in order to win on Sunday? I... I, I think so. Boy, that's they can, a great question. It is no because it, you you Boy, mentioned that's this a is great question. This is such a too. it's such a different game this year. And last year, remember the the Eagles they tested the Niners deep a lot. It was a lot of deep throws from Jalen Hurts. They connected on one to Quez Watkins, uh, and it went for like ninety one yards. They ended up not scoring on that drive because Nick Sirianni tried a Philly special. And on a on a fourth down, and it didn't work in the red zone. But the Niners had a blocked field goal in that game. Jalen Hurts didn't have a. He was not as good as he's been this year. But b. They didn't have AJ Brown yet. Devontae Smith was just a rookie. Like this is just such a better Eagles team. But if the Niners are able to to do like you said and run it thirty plus times, right, thirty five minutes of time. Yeah, they, it, that's that's. I think that was. Their game plan last year was, hey, keep the Eagles' offense off the field. 
I think that's exactly what they're going to try and do this year. Jalen Hurts, uh, 12 of 23 for 190, throwing it. He didn't throw an interception or a touchdown. He did run it 10 times for 82 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown came near the end of the game, four minutes to go, that made it 17 to 11. That ultimately was the final score. When I look at this game and I think about how the Niners would want it to go, I think about last year's game where the Niners were able to pound the rock and they didn't run it very effectively. They ran it well enough to get by Elijah Mitchell, 17 carries 42 yards, not big numbers. Jamichael hasty. Remember him five sure carries do. for 38 Jimmy Garoppolo, 11 carries in that game Yeah, for 20 yards. A lot of scrambling. And a lot of sneaks, too. A lot mm-hmm. of sneakery on third and short and fourth and short. So I think that may be the blueprint in terms of uh, how that game's going to go. Yeah, the other thing that the Niners were able to do last year against Philly, Jimmy Garoppolo had 189 passing yards. 127 of those were after the catch. And that, when you when you talk about like offensive game plans, like obviously they're going to want to run it a lot. But I also think that Philly can be had a little bit after the catch. As good as Darius Slay and, and James Bradbury, their two corners are. Big play like, Slay. I don't think they're they're great tacklers. Like they have really like good, effective athletic linebackers, but are they going to be good enough if the Niners can get Brock Purdy going over the middle like they did against Dallas with George Kittle, with Brandon Ayuk, with right. Debo Samuel. It's just this onslaught of players where I think the Niners can make some hay after the catch. George Kittle only four catches for 17 last year in the game. Debo six for 93. Brandon Ayuk from the doghouse, just one catch yeah. for six yards. 888-957-9570. That is also the Xfinity Mobile text line from the 408 Jimmy Garoppolo. No. I'm just I'm I'm reading the text. It's it's a possible name. I see Curtin Oakland's got some pet names. We'll get to you in a minute. But first, let's go to Joe in Redwood City. Joe, you're on ninety five seven. The game. What are you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm on my way to work and stuck in traffic. That sucks. Yeah, that's sorry, a Joe. What do you got on Brock Purdy, Joe? <clears throat> well, I got a lot, uh, but I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, a lot of people saying, I feel like we're on a week-to-week basis in the regular season with him. Everyone's like, is he ready for the challenge next week? Is he ready for the following week? Um, he proved what he did with Seattle and uh, honestly impressed me in that Seattle game. And he didn't do much in that Dallas game, but I think we kept it tight that first half. Uh, Dallas's defense, they showed up where we were trying to run the ball a lot. But I feel this game, uh, they're going to let him uh, throw that ball for sure. Uh, we got to put up some points fast, and uh, we don't want to run behind this game in the first half in Philly. Yeah, thank you, Joe. I, I, I agree with you, Kyle, and I were just having that conversation during the break about worst-case scenario, Niners win the toss, defer, Philly gets the kick, and just marches right down and gets the seven. And now, even though you, you probably still have 55 or so minutes left in the game, that feeling of being behind, I wonder if Kyle Shanahan, obviously not that early in the game, but if they fall behind by seven, by 10, late in the first half, does he abandon the run if the run's not working like it wasn't against Dallas? Yeah, I think it would take, because he's going to go with his script. And he said, right. you know, he'll move things around and scratch. If the Eagles go down and score on their first possession, I think Kyle Shanahan has so much faith in his defense, and we see that with the way he manages the clock. I don't know how much you guys got into it on Monday, 
But that end of first half clock management bit was wild. I thought it was great. And, well, it turned out to be great. Yeah. But it was a clear indication of Kyle Shanahan just, just, hey, it's okay if we don't get any points or we only get three here because he was going to trust his defense to get stops late in the game. And they didn't want Dallas to get points. That was his real emphasis. And that's why he let the 30 seconds go off the clock. And I thought his explanation was sound in that he didn't know they were going to get the first down. So if you call timeout right away... And then second down, you don't get it. Third down, you don't get it. You punt the ball back to Dallas. They've got clock, and they've got timeouts, and they've got the ball to start the third quarter. And I also think that the way that game was going predicated the decision that he made because that game felt early like it was going to be one of those real tight, low-scoring kind of ball games. And I wonder if he's in the same spot against Philadelphia. Let's say it's 17-17 in that same spot. Maybe he reacts differently knowing that offenses are having their way with the defenses in that ball game. The Yeah, I think I think maybe a little we, bit. But we is it but just to get back to Kyle Shanahan and the defense and what happens if they go down seven nothing, he's not gonna pull the plug on trying to run the ball. I just don't I don't I don't see that happening. Even if they get down a couple of scores. If they're down seventeen nothing late in, in the, the second quarter in the first half yeah, late in the second quarter, they're going to try and get points however they can get them. Right. And if the run game's not working, then they'll go if to something else. If they're down 17 nothing and half, and they get the ball to start the third quarter, you still think he'll be steadfast no. about still trying to run the ball? No, because they'll, they'll make some kind of adjustment at halftime. It's a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by SFO. Go to flysfo.com slash winter for your chance to win $1,000 towards a nonstop flight from SFO today. And we'll look ahead to tonight's Warriors-Grizzlies matchup with the voice of the Grizzlies, Eric Hasseltine at 11. Eric will join us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. 888-957-9570. It's the phone line. It's also the Xfinity Mobile text line. I want to run some of these cat names by you, Kyle, because you like a punny cat name. I sure do. Uh, Kirk Fuzzins from Joe and American (laughs) Canyon. That's really funny. I would never name an animal after that player, though. But Kirk Fuzzins. Very good name. You give it a four? You give it a five? Sweet. That can, can, yeah, Despedoni gave it a five. I trust his judgment. Well, because anytime you give, like, an audible I can't help myself laugh, to me, that qualifies for five No, you're right. You're right. And if I was a Vikings fan, then maybe I'd go with that, but I'm out on Kirk Cousins. Joe in American Canyon says Jalen Pertz. Good. That's fine. It's a two. It's a three. It's a three. It's a... Catrick Beverly. No. Cat Riley, the great uh, president of the Miami Heat. I feel like all that's doing is taking the same Catrick Willis pun and just throwing a different last name on it. And from the 510, George Cattle. That's very good. Okay. Thank you. That's, that's a four. four. Maybe if you had a really? cow, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, but you know, he cat. Maybe, jo- may, maybe if you have a dog, George Kibble. I appreciate it. Keep I it. thought you had George Kitten almost. Okay, that's mm, not bad. Good. Sam Loveman joining us. I appreciate you weighing in. Uh, you Xfinity know like Mobile text line. Yeah, boy, do you? I gave him a hard time on Monday because Chatterbox back there. I I was up in the press Chatterbox. box for the first half. That's a three. And uh, I looked down, and Sam Lubbin is just pop, 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 not cheering, which is a cardinal rule. Don't cheer in the press box. But he was just chatting it up like he was at the Alpha Feast sorority mixer. Full Bruce McGowan. Uh, it was a partial McGowan. Okay, it was a partial McGowan, and I love Bruce McGowan. He's great, but he will talk your ear off. My man, 
The whole game. Your boy Lebman was having some conversations, and so that's why he's saying, see, I like to talk, because he's making fun of me for making fun of him. 888-957-9570. Christian McCatfree coming in from the 707. It's good. Okay, keep them coming on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Back to football. Rich in Fremont. Rich, convince me why the Niners have a good chance of winning. Well, I think of when you look at, and thanks for taking my call. Thank I think you, Rich. Look at who, who who Philadelphia's played. They have not, in my opinion, played a stout defense yet. Okay, and for the first time all season, they're going to see one. Okay, and the defense that D'Amico Ryan's is coaching right now, in my opinion, is the top defense in the league. And then you consider the fact that if you're able to contain Jalen Hurts and take him out of his rhythm which is something he hasn't really, you know, experienced this year except for the injury, then that's another reason why I think that the Niners can get this win. Because really, at the end of the day, that guy Brock, he's pretty good. It's a nice uptick. Uh, and uh, the uptick. Yeah, the pun gets a two, but the uptick upgrades it to a three based on the Jolo and Dibs reference. I appreciate that. But uh, he is pretty good. Brock Purdy, he's going to have to be better than pretty good, I think, in order to beat Philadelphia in this Sunday spot. I will. Rich said they haven't played a stout defense yet. Cowboys defense is pretty good. They averaged 30 right. a game in two games against Dallas this year. And one of those with Gardner Minshew. And also, you can't say that the Niners had a tough time against a stout defense on Sunday right. and then still say Philadelphia hasn't faced a stout defense. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, Kyle, these two teams, Philadelphia and the Niners, played the two easiest schedules in football this season. By DVOA, correct. Right. Yeah, so the whole, like, test and who's been tested thing is out the window. It's the NFC Championship game, man. Hey, it doesn't matter. They're going to play each other. Right. Uh, 60 that, minutes will yeah. decide it. And yeah. that's, I've, I've always thought the same thing, especially this deep in the playoffs where Philadelphia's won one game. They got the bye. They won once. They're at home. The Niners have won twice. And now they go on the road. If the Niners are good enough then they're going to be able to beat Philadelphia. And they've won 12 straight football games against professional football players, right. professional teams. It's not like they you know, took two months off to go play an FCS schedule <laughs> and they were right. able to, you know, to beat Man- Weber State. Mankato State and, yeah, yeah all the rest <laughs> of it. Shout out Mankato and we- uh, Weber, Weber. We don't mean to dish you, but they played against real pro football teams in the NFL. So for me... There's a certain sense of, yeah, your schedule may have been a little bit softer than other teams, but still you're playing and winning games in the NFL. That counts for more than just something. And when you get into the postseason in a one-and-done scenario, it becomes harder to to fall backwards into wins. We saw that with Minnesota, and then we saw it the following week with the Giants. Like, the cream just kind of rises to the top in the playoffs. No doubt. 888-957-9570. Eric Hasseltine joining us at the top of the hour. We'll get into a little bit of a Grizzlies Warriors preview as we start the final hour of our show. And by the way, the cat names are flying in on the Xfinity mobile text line. Great. You got something for me before I read some of these gems? Yeah, I was. I have something for this Niners-Eagles game that the Niners did last year that I think we can pull to this year, but go ahead with, with the cat names. Well, Brandon Clawford came in. Good. Okay. Uh, Carl Anthony Meows. <laughs> Thank you. Meow. Good. Uh, Purdy Ellis. 
Where oh, like Perry Ellis. Yeah. Meow, uh, meow Ming. Which That's is a bit of a throwback. very strong. Yeah. Uh, very, very strong. Colin Katernick, Meowkel Strahan, and, uh, yeah, Dante Felincenzo. <laughs> He's a tabby. So, there you have it. Kurt in Oakland wants to add to the thread. Thank you. Appreciate everyone on the Xfinity Mobile text line. What do you got, Kurt? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, So, Kurt. if I had five cats or five dogs, I would want to name them who, what, where, when, why. For Abbott and Costello. Okay. You know, and people would hopefully get the joke pretty quickly. Or if you just have two and the names can be somewhat fun to say, would be um, Finkel and Einhorn. Because Einhorn is Oh, of course. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank good. you, Kurt. Thanks for yeah. reference. Thank you. That's I thought a, he was going to say Laurel and Hardy. That's a Joe Fortenbaugh throwback reference. Uh, back when he used to do the sleep train ad, he did this whole thing about Finkel as Einhorn. And I don't even know how it tied into the mattress pitch, but every time I hear Finkel and Einhorn, I think about Joe Fortenbaugh and the Jolo and Dibs days. Sure. It's, you know how things get connected in your brain? Yes, big time. So, and I know it's from uh, Ace Ventura, Pet yes. Detective, one of the great movies of the uh, early 00s. Was that the 90s, maybe? Oh, early, 90s. early 90s. Early 90s. Wow. Yeah, probably 93. I want to say, yeah, 92, 93. Okay. You guys will see when you get older, because I'm now in my mid-50s, and uh, you know I'm not afraid to admit it. But I love the young people. Spadoni, don't do it. 30 in six months, Dibs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Boy. Oh, so when you get to, like right now for you, anything that was 20 years ago, you were a kid, so you remember because you were a kid. For me, 20 years ago, I was already a grown black man with kids. It's like everything from like 96 to 2020, wherever we are, it all kind of smushes together in a, I have no idea when that happened, kind of a, an ether. I'm 32. I have this I problem. I love the young people. I have this problem with people that I can't remember if I know them from high school or college. Yeah. I'm like, we've met. We hung out. I can't remember when. Did we go to school together? Yes. Which one? It gets worse. And it, oh, it, can't wait. It's not so much of like forgetting things. I do forget more than I used to forget. But now it's like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I could have thought. I mean, I thought it was early 00s. I was thinking like 03, 04. But I'm at least a decade off. And it's yeah. like, oh, my God. that's Can't go wrong with Jim Carrey in the early 90s. Just okay, any yeah. big Jim Carrey movie Thank 90s. Thank you for that. Yeah. Living color. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, 888-957-9570. When he goes under center at the hedge and does the QB keep over the hedge, I lose it every time. It's the greatest play in football history. He had a good like five or six movie run that I thought was just incredible. Almost Adam Sandlerian in... Yeah. Just what Cable Guy I thought was underrated in terms of his... The movie wasn't great. His performance yes. I thought was hilarious. Liar, liar. We just talked great. about it off the Truman set. Show, fantastic. Have you seen the documentary about him playing Andy Kaufman? I think it's called like Man on the Moon. Yes, or something. absolutely. Great movie. Fantastic. Great movie. And now, have you seen the enough to remember Andy Kaufman and you know, Taxi was a show that we watched as kids that was next level in terms of its nuance and its right. comedy. Jim Carrey... Became Andy Kaufman Latka. for this movie. Yeah. And it's like behind the scenes footage of him being Andy Kaufman just yeah. like off stage. Oh, yeah. And his descent into like madness because he learned that basically like we're fake. Like everybody's fake. And like who am I in this world because I just became somebody else. Yeah. And wild. When it mirrors what happened to Andy Kaufman, who was an, a brilliant comedian mm -hmm. and you know all the things that he did in his career and, and Jim Carrey absolutely 
nailed it. Eric Hasseltine coming up here in two minutes. And Kyle's 60-second warrior take in just mere moments. But first, uh, Mitch Wishmiowski has come in from the 209. He had a clutch punt the other night, by the way. Dropping Dallas on the six at the end of the game. Really well done by Mitch. Yes. uh, Somebody from the 408, Shakespeare, shouting out William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. It's an effort. Uh, George Litter has come in, (laughs) which is... And uh, Barack Obama meow, which is a bit of a stretch, but... Obama meow? That doesn't work. Yeah, I'm just I'm from the Xfinity Mobile text line. I'm trying to give people their just desserts. They're out here trying. Kyle the Warriors, Eric Hasseltine coming up here in six minutes' time. Where are you with this Golden State Warrior team, and what do you think about tonight's Grizzlies game? M- maybe I'm insane. and We all are. Oh, good. Jim Carrey taught us that. How in do the you see the Warriors? Do That's you see the crazy. Warriors as they're a middling team? You look at it as one of two things: either you look at them and say, "Oh, they're two games out of fifth. or you look at them and say, "They're two games out of twelfth. They're they're the the latter. They're a middling team right now. I have no evidence based on this year with these players that they have in 2022, 2023. That there's some switch that they're just going to flip and holy smokes, look at that. By the end of the year, they're the three seed and they're going to go win a title. Like, get re- last year was awesome and it was so fun and I'm so happy it happened. But you you can only draft off of that for so long. It's late January. Yeah. We can't. 35 was, games to go. I was fine going, hey, you know what? It's October. Eh, it's November. Hey, it's December. Wait till Christmas. Okay, we're a month after Christmas, and we're having the same conversations about this team that we were having in October. That's a problem. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something. They tend to get up for these games, though. I look forward to talking to Eric Hasseltine about the Memphis Warriors rivalry and where it ranks from the Memphis side of the ledger. You look at the Warriors right now, and they are a game and a half out of fifth place behind the Clippers. But they're also a game and a half ahead of the Lakers, who currently sit in 13th in the Western Conference. So one good run, the Warriors could vault up into real significance one bad stretch, and they could fall out of the play-in scenario. We'll have Eric Hasseltine coming up here on the other side. The Road to Glendale brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. This is sponsored by CalHope.org. Final hour coming up. Eric Hasseltine previews Grizzlies Warriors. Kyle Madsen in for Mark Willard. It's Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Life is uncertain. It's okay to feel stressed, anxious, worried, or frustrated. CalHOPE can help. Access CalHOPE's free and secure mental health resources. Call 833-317-4673 or live chat at calhope.org. Bay Area, it's your boy Shasky and me and Bonte, we are flying out to Philadelphia and you better get ready because I'm about to ring that Liberty Bell like the 49ers are this Sunday. And it's all because of our friends at Boxer and Gerson. Without them, we ain't flying Eagles flying to Philadelphia. Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. Listen for the latest ski, snow, and road conditions with the Toyota Tahoe Report every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday throughout this snow season with Johnny Mosley. Brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places. 
Hey, Dan Dibley here. Are you making plans for 2023? Now's the time to consider a remodel or upgrading your windows or doors. This winter, you may realize your home is not as energy efficient as it could be. If you're feeling a cool draft, talk with your architect or designer about dual or triple pane windows and well-insulated doors. Golden State Window and Door provides the latest options in style and lower cost energy efficiency for your clients. Before you take a look at the many options in person, visit goldenstatelumber.com. Choose a showroom location, then start the 3D video for a virtual tour. You'll see windows and doors from Marvin, Anderson, True Style, Thermatrue, and others. Homeowners, you're also invited to take a tour or visit a Golden State Window and Door showroom near you. Think of Golden State as your resource for future plans. Family owned since 1954, Golden State. When you succeed, we succeed. Secrets, cover-ups, and strange phenomena. UFOs and ideas that challenge reality itself. My name is George Knapp. I dig into news stories that others can't or won't. I'm Jeremy Corbell, and for some reason, people tell me things they probably shouldn't. And this is Weapons. Follow and listen to Weaponized, the presentation of Jeremy Corbell, George Knapp, Dark Horse Entertainment, and Cadence 13 Studios. Available now for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your shows. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Wendy's nose cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day, and all all night until close with natural cut potato. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom